Hey, this is Greg Grunberg, a.k.a. your favorite Star Wars character, Snap Wexley, and you are right where you need to be listening to yet another amazing episode of the Black Squadron podcast. Welcome back to Black Squadron podcast, episode 49 by the time we get to the end of this episode, we'll announce the winner for our massive Skyward Fun Supply giveaway and our reviews giveaway. This week I am joined by none other than Todd and Mari. How you doing, buddy? Hi, hi. Um, hi. Good to have Mari back. It's been a hot second. It's been, what, a couple weeks? I yeah, I like. I meant to, to come to last week's and then... I was out and I was going to record there and then my phone died. So I couldn't. <laughs> I was very sad. Oh, no worries. We got you. So we got really you this week. I have Healthy. not done a whole lot of Star Wars in this past week with the exception of the Bad Batch. So um, let's just hop right in the Hollow Knight headlines. <laughs> All right, to kick things off, an old clip of John Boyega popped up. The clip was about him. He did an interview in May of 2020. And basically the main takeaway from this clip is that he said he's open to the conversation of coming back to play Finn as long as it's with Kathleen Kennedy, J.J. Abrams, and maybe someone else and the team. It's a no-brainer for him, is uh, his exact words. I'm excited to, you know, the possibility of Finn coming back. It is funny because this interview came out in May of 2020. And then he, like a month later or something, was the the big article or his interview that came out where he basically was like, I hated how they handled Finn in Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. And I am a, I don't want to come back and play the character because I, I don't want to be typecast as Finn. So it's funny that this is kind of making the rounds again, considering he basically said the opposite of this interview right after he said that he'd be open to come back. Yeah, and they said he wouldn't be Disney Plus, if I remember correctly. I think it was him or Oscar Isaac said they didn't want to be Disney Plus, which <laughs> I don't know. I feel like at some point, like just the money aspect, if Disney's like, here, come back and play Finn and we'll give you $40 million or $100 million or something, they'll be like, all right, yeah, I'll come back and do that. Like, it makes no sense not to take that money and come back and play a role that people will enjoy seeing you come back and play. I don't understand what the aversion to being Disney Plus would be either like it's wildly popular people are using it like they still have to pay to to have it so paying to go to the movie or or whatever like i just don't that doesn't seem to make sense to me yeah i think he said that or they whoever said it they said it before the success marvel has had i think on disney plus i think that probably changes a lot of people's opinion i, I would assume at this point i mean look what wanda vision did i mean that was well, crazy i feel like there's still some actors and actresses who aren't they never want to be in something other than big screen cinema and they'll always view streaming and television as lesser so I, i'm not sure i would be all for like i said they, they they left the door open for finn to come back and do more so i hopefully we'll see more of that story it, it's uh it's, it'll be interesting. We did get more images of the set from Andor. So these are in the Scottish Highlands. So it's it seems like they're filming this show all over the place. They've got like beach, like coastal scenes. They've got 
uh, Scottish Highlands. Now they're building sets. So I have no idea like where the show is going to be taking place all over the galaxy. Apparently <laughs> they're, they're like, all right, we're going to go back and, and do some nods to Scarif with some, some coastal shooting. And then we'll do, uh, have them go, go fuck around in the woods for a little bit. And I'm not looking at any of it still. I think I, I saw, I came across one image from somebody and I was like, darn you. But for the most part, I still haven't seen a whole lot from it. So you definitely have to go like looking for it. It seems like a lot of people have been pretty good about not posting. I, I think there was one photo I saw where everyone was sort of throwing it all over the place. I think um, the one that I saw was them like walking through a forest. Like that was on a uh, beach. Yeah. yeah I think yeah, that's the same yeah. one. Yeah. That's the only one I've seen. I don't, it's funny because, and I saw, I can't remember who was talking about this, but the secrecy that Star Wars has now compared to like when Revenge of the Sith was going on. I want to say, I think it was Jordan Mason, but he was talking about how they they had a literal like live stream camera on the set of Revenge of the Sith or something where they like people could just casually like pop in and watch them film, like record film stuff and set up sets and all kinds of crazy stuff. So I I don't, I don't get the secrecy. It's been like that since what force awakens. Yeah, for sure. A little more news is that Patty Jenkins is enlisting her production designer from Wonder Woman. So this report comes from The Ronin, which I guess is a reliable news site, that Aline Bonetto is joining the Rogue Squadron project. So interesting. It seems like Patty Jenkins is getting her old crew back together again for for this project. I'm excited for Rogue Squadron. It seems like it's going to be interesting. The more I looked into it, it sounds like it's going to be more of a completely original story i thought maybe it'll be like a fill in the gap kind of story but it sounds like it could potentially be mm-hmm. post rise of skywalker that'd be cool yeah it's not going to be closer to the events of the original trilogy so it's going to be closer to like mm-hmm. sequels and beyond which makes sense because disney wants to keep pushing the sequels and the disney projects it makes sense right you would think and the last bit of news and we'll dive into this more during the the main segment is that War of the Bounty Hunters number one is out and it is crazy. And I think I saw like a billion people online losing their collective minds over it. I <laughs> It's funny because I have the physical copy on order and it'll be here probably in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> but I saw everybody freaking out. So I went and like downloaded the Marvel app and bought the digital copy just so I could see both of them or at least see what was going on. I, I can't believe what happened at the end of that book or uh, issue. The whole, I was excited for this whole, like the whole run when it was announced and the whole crossover. But the fact that, yeah, and we'll, we'll talk about later because obviously spoilers, but the fact that they, they had that announcement and what that could potentially mean for the future of you know, the comics or the future of Star Wars projects moving forward, I think is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Opens up a lot of, uh, a lot of fun doors. So like I said, quiet news week, not a whole lot going on. Feel like it's uh still the summer months are always quiet. Fall will probably pick up again, and we'll get a whole bunch of stuff for Book of Boba Fett and Andor and Kenobi and all kinds of crazy stuff. But on that note, I'm gonna toss it back to you, BP, for the cargo hold. Put Captain Solo in the cargo hold. The Cargo Hold segment is brought to you by Skyward Fun Supply. Skyward Fun Supply was born from a love of two things, Star Wars and the hobby of figure and toy collecting. 
They are a company that truly knows how fun the hobby of action figure and toy collecting is because they are collectors too, with over 30 years of experience in the hobby. Every item from Skyward Fun Supply is guaranteed to be in mint condition. Head over to www.skywardfunsupply.com and use code BSP10 to save 10%. I was so worried about the cargo hold section this week. Just like the news, it was up until like yesterday, it was slow. There wasn't a whole lot of announcements for for new stuff, but uh, we got hit with a bunch of new stuff suddenly. Um, Starting off, the Black Series Captain Rex is back. Uh, It's available for pre-order specifically at Skyward Fun Supply. In fact, if you go to Skyward Fun Supply, they're running a couple deals right now. Buy four vintage collection figures, get one free. The code is TVC forever. They are doing three Funkos for $23. The code is Funko3 for $23. Those are the numbers, not the letters. 20% off all orders of $100 or more. And the code for that is RINDAR20. 25% 25% off orders of 200 or more. And I believe that is Zizer25 code. Zizor. Yeah, Prince Zizor. Yeah, head over to Skyward Fun Supply, obviously, per usual. Um, so what, it was, what are we getting new this week? Uh, Lego decided to just go for it this week. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw this, but the Darth Vader Meditation Chamber set comes with a, a Vader, a Stormtrooper, and a General Veers. 663 pieces and it runs 70 bones. Not, I don't have a, many Legos, but this one is very tempting. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> Did you see there's like a, a sticker panel, but it basically is the scene where Ozzel is getting choked out and Piet's behind him, and they like Lego-fied it. <laughs> and that, that little sticker window thing, that alone is almost making me want to get it. $70, I was like, that's kind of a lot for the set because it's kind of a response to the the Bespin dual set that came out, I think last year or the year before that was like limited edition and sold out insanely fast. And everybody was mad about that. Speaking of the dual sets there, they also announced the duel on Mandalore between Ahsoka and Maul from Clone Wars season seven. Now, not much to this one, uh, but what you do get is awesome. So you obviously you get Maul, you get Ahsoka, you get the, Jedi coffin that they put Maul in. I don't know what it's really called. Yeah. And you get the you get a throne, and the part of that throne has the window they bust through. Um, it's only twenty bucks. It's that's a definitely on my list. I don't know about you guys. I'm absolutely buying that one. That's I mean, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> what else? The Mandalorian fighter from the Clone Wars comes with Bo-Katan, Gar Saxon, and the Mandalorian and a Mandalorian loyalist figure. I don't know how much that one is. I missed that one, but check it out. Lego.com. You'll see it. Yeah. I feel like it's a new version of the, cause I think they had a Mandalorian fighter with like a pre Vizsla minifig back in yeah. like the clo- early clone wars Lego line. And that's impossible mm-hmm. to get. And the pre Vizsla minifig, I think goes for a dumb amount of money now, but another tempt. I feel like this whole summer set, because these are basically all their summer sets, are just set for me. They were like, hi, Todd, these are yeah. <laughs> everything you want, and say goodbye to your wallet. Yeah, reading through this these, I'm like, attack. I, didn't, <laughs> I don't have the money for this, but I will find the money for this. <laughs> <laughs> I will make it happen. Um, as LEGO continues the direct attack on Todd's wallet, we have the Moff Gideon Light Cruiser, which comes with Grogu, Den Jaren, Cara Dune, Finnick Shand, Moff Gideon, 
and Dark Trooper minifigs. That's a set. Like that's a how much, set. How much is that one gonna run? I don't probably one thirty, one fifty, somewhere in there. Yeah. I imagine that, it's gonna be kind of like the twentieth anniversary Slave One set that came out uh, a couple years ago. I want it just for the just Fennec Shan minifigure. That's what I assumed. <laughs> I want to. Uh, we should go to the Lego store and just like record there. <laughs> and the continued attack on Todd, the new <laughs> Slave One from the Mandalorian, which comes with the rearmed Boba and a Din Djarin minifigure. So we're going to get a lot of Din Djarin figures here. I can see my Slave One figure in my little Boba display. <laughs> And I already know I'm going to have to find room for this one. I don't think it's the same size. I think it's a little smaller, but I want that rearmored Boba Fett minifigure really badly. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I'm so excited for Comic-Cons to come back because remember the quote unquote Lego booths? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like every figure you could ever want. I'm like, so like a mini army, again. army, like just of minifigs. Uh, yeah. I got a, I got yeah. a Hella one and I um a friend of mine bought took my nephew to his first ever comic con and he wanted to go as Thor and Hella so we got the Thor and Hella minifigs together. It was adorable. Nice. But yeah. <laughs> I bought some shadow troopers from one of those booths. Uh I think it was All Star Con. And then last the last bit of collecting news, a troop transport from the Mandalorian it comes with Grief Carga, a mortar trooper, and two stormtrooper figures. So yeah, go to Lego.com. They have absolute craziness in the Star Wars section. So go check that out. All right. So let's uh, check out what happened on the Bad Batch episode six. The cavalry has arrived. Spoilers. Spoilers. All right. So before we dive into this, what what did you think of this episode? And we'll, we'll start with you, Mari, and then I'll toss it to you, BP. It was kind of all over the place for me on this one. I did like that they brought Trace and Rafa into it, but it it was still kind of it, it was a lot and didn't it didn't feel like it advanced the story too much. It, it was a cool callback, but yeah, I wasn't this wasn't like a hooker for me. Wow, that was a Hookers. terrible word to you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I used that word. <laughs> <laughs> On Mari's return to podcasting, she talks about how much she likes hookers. I'm going to put that it's on fine. a t-shirt. That's not a hookers <laughs> <for me. laughs> It was not one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> You're not going to re- it didn't have rewatch value for you. <laughs> exactly. For me, I I just have I have a question, and I and I have an opinion. My question is, they made a copy of the intel in the droid's head, and gave it to the sisters. If they made one copy, why didn't they just make a second, and take it and get their pay? It just seemed like they missed opportunity there. It just was odd to me. The goal wasn't to get information; it was to get the droid's head so that he could create that like more battle plans like to advance as the the new republic is that what is that where we are in the timeline i'm like totally the, the empire night yeah, i'm having yeah, such an off empire. night tonight <laughs> the empire oh my gosh i'll just log off y'all finish the show without <laughs> <me>. <laughs> 
but yeah, as the empire progresses, like it's to help them continue to build battle plans against them. So just having the intel wouldn't really do that. Like, yeah, it's got some some good stuff, but it can't continue to evolve as it was meant to, which I think was what the goal was originally. Uh, and then lastly, my the whole episode was just that last second of the episode when they say when the sisters tell whomever they tell that they have the info and have info on these clones defective clones the whole that was the whole point of the episode it, it didn't have any rewatch value for me yeah for me it was definitely this is probably the least favorite of all of the episodes that we've gotten so far i think the droid factory sequence was cool and just the the from a technical standpoint like how they animated all of that I think one of the people yeah. who handles the directing for it, I saw him tweet like this is one of the most complex like animation shots that they've had they've tried to do in in stores Star Wars animation. So from that aspect, I think it's really cool, and it was cool seeing battle droids coming back again. And still, you know, we're not that far from the Clone Wars, but the show still is, in my opinion, kind of hanging on to the Clone Wars a little too much. Like it was neat having them like resurrect the battle droids. But it it was but that's where like it, it was too much came came to mind for me so I I agree with you on that yeah well and it's just we haven't had an episode really that hasn't had some kind of callback to yeah. a Clone Wars character or, or uh, segment I mean we've had the Martez sisters this week we had uh, Saw Gerrera in the first episode we've had cut on Salukamai so it seems like they're just really kind of pulling in the the Clone Wars elements a little heavier. So it'd be nice if we had just a couple episodes in a row where there's not the old characters. It's the, it's more new characters and, and bad batch. Yeah. A little more bad batch focused. Yeah. We're what? Six episodes in there's what? 10 more to go. So I, I, I suspect we're going to, I hope that we distance ourselves a bit from season seven. I, I think will we say though, when one of the, when one of the sisters asked if there's an echo in here and echo goes, yes, <laughs> That was funny. I was rolling. <laughs> it was the the most like dad batch. Like someone needs to put like the dad batch and then like the echo in there joke on the back. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and uh, just dive into this episode. So it is nice that they're going back to Ord Mantell. And like that's, I guess, going to be their home base that they're going to operate until something goes south or they get ratted out or Sid betrays them or something like that. <laughs> Omega's practicing with her new Zygerian crossbow. She struggles to hit the target that she's practicing in. And BP, I think this is funny because when I saw her missing the target, I thought of you because you were saying in the first episode how she picks up a blaster and snipes uh, Crosshair's blaster right out of his hands. And then this time she's like missing and firing bolts into buildings and, and almost hitting people. Yeah. It is a little bit of a teachable moment, though. Echo tells her that she needs to be able to filter out distractions, which foreshadowing, because that comes in and is a, a little bit of a handy segment at the end. And then Sid comes in with a job for them, tells them that she needs them to go get a tactical droid. Tech, I, I found it funny, like how you were talking about, I think, last week, how the dynamic is a little off with them. And they seem like with Omega coming in, they, they can't haven't really found their stride. And I found it funny how Sid was asking him if they knew about this tactical droid and tech starts to like give his own debriefing and Sid's like, no, 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 this is my show. Like shut up. Let me, let me handle this. <laughs> the boss is talking now. <laughs> so I think, I hope at least that they, they doubled down on that a little more 
with the the transition from you know we're military regimented we follow these orders xyz to oh now we're mercenaries and the rules are out the window and now we follow you know whoever's paying us uh they traveled to Corellia, which i thought this was kind of a cool little throwback to solo it seems like there's been a lot of throwbacks to solo and nods to solo recently so hopefully <laughs> fingers crossed that's that's a good <laughs> sign for uh the whole make solo two happen thing i thought it was funny how they hide under that transport ship that was on the po- that ship was on the poster wasn't it so, so if that's the only time we see that transport ship i'm gonna die that they felt <laughs> like that was appropriate enough to put on the poster and and all the speculation that people thought it's like oh it's their new like super base ship or something like that and if it's just a, a hiding device for them to get on corellia so uh, omega asks why the tactical droid that they're being sent to corellia to get is so important and echo replies that the whole tactical droids learn with each battle and the more battles they're in that they survive the better they get and now that clones are the muscle of the empire these droids are like the secret weapon against the clones because they obviously fought against the clones and any that are surviving at this point have probably fought in a fair amount of battles. The clones land on Coronet city, which is pretty cool. looks a lot like some of the shots we get in solo. Uh, They enter a decommissioning plant and navigate around looking for the tactical droid. Omega spots the droid with its head, like on one part of the conveyor belt and the body on the rest. And of course that's how the episode's going to be. Like you can't have one complete droid. You have to have it where there's a possible little interruption, a possible not a not an easy mission. I was going to say, it's never that easy, Todd. <laughs> uh, as she sees this uh, droid is in two parts, uh, she's like, all right, cool. Like, here it is. We'll go get it. Everything will be fine. Mission accomplished. Person uh, runs over and picks it up. Person turns out to be Trace Martez. So then Omega tries to stop her. It's like, hold on, let's let's intervene with that. Rafa shows up. And it's like, nah, I'm sorry, I can't let you do that. So Omega is like, well, hold on. I got this wonderful crossbow. Let me just pull that thing out real quick. Get uh get you to step down a little bit. And she uh isn't isn't too great with that crossbow still. She struggles a little bit. <laughs> to say the least. I knew it was the, I knew it was those sisters, like the second they like showed up. Like like because obviously their faces were covered. Like I don't know why, but as soon as like the first one popped up, I was like, wow, they're back. And I was right. <laughs> I'm still mixed on the Martez sisters. Like they're not, I, I don't hate them, but I don't love them. Like they show, I don't know why, but I see them and I just kind of get like, angry because they just frustrate me. I'm like, Oh, this is going to go sideways now for no reason. I'm with you yeah. on that. I, I'm 100% yeah. with you. I wasn't a fa- fan of that whole arc in the earlier show. Yep. So yeah. Rafa tries to basically rush Omega because she sees that Omega is a little weak, still trying to figure out how to use this crossbow which of course means that Omega is going to fire the crossbow hits a vat that causes a gas leak or a fire leak, or I couldn't really tell what was leaking out of the vat. I think it was just pressure. I th- that's what I thought too, or just gas or whatever they're using to smelt down the droid parts. But because of that, the whole plant goes into lockdown because like I said, we, we haven't had a single, like every e- easy mission that they've had, something goes catastrophically wrong where they end up fighting everybody. Yeah. And I mean like everybody like on Salukamai, they were trying to casually leave the planet, end up fighting half the guards in the spaceport <laughs> for no reason. So then the bad batch and Omega tried to get the tactical droid from trace and Rafa because the plant's on lockdown now because there's a breach and security's all 
all over the place. They got a whole bunch of police droids now finding them. So they end up spending most of the episode with the Bad Batch chasing Trace and Rafa to get the tactical droid and then fighting these police droids. They're both kind of realized that they need to work together to get out of here and they end up working together to fight the police droids and eventually escape. Your poor boy, uh, Wrecker, is, is struggling here a little bit, BP. He uh, he hits yep. his he hits his head again because that man is the definition of like CTE, the amount yeah, of little micro perfect. concussions that he's getting. It's like why even wear armor at this point? <laughs> he has a helmet, and the like. What are these helmets like? Just made of paper? Are they not padded just, inside? I, mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised his if his doesn't have any pad. No, there's no way. Well, yeah, I don't. You just think like. The, it, some degree of like trauma to the head would be blunted from the helmet, but because all he does is just hit his head on a wall and then it automatically kicks the inhibitor chip into like the next gear, which obviously they hinted at when they crash landed on that moon that, Oh no, Wrecker's inhibitor chip might be adding, you know, acting a little funky. And now he hits it again. And this time it goes even more intense and you start to hear him utter the whole, good soldiers follow orders uh, line that Crosshair was saying when uh, they, they right after order 66, when they were chasing uh, Caleb doom around. So I think I shifted mm-hmm. in my chair when I heard him say that, like I had to like sit up and I was like, what the hell is about to happen? Like, no, 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 not, not record. No. <laughs> yeah. I'm not ready for this. Mm-mm. The one character that BP is like, this is my boy, and immediately he's the one that they've just hit hard. Yep. They just keep messing with him. Like he's just a big lovable oaf. And they just keep giving he's the only has he's he's the only one that's been shot multiple times too, right? Yeah, because he gets shot in this episode too. Because he starts doing the old good soldiers yeah, like, follow orders and then he stands up and then he gets like shot for like a big shot in the chest or something. Yeah. Not not yeah, not leave, good. leave my guy alone. <laughs> at some point he's got to have insane healing abilities or something because he gets shot so much and seems completely unfazed by it they really need to leave him alone shoot somebody else shoot hunter for never taking his headband off (laughs) undercover (laughs) also and we talked about this a little bit in the beginning but the whole uh what is it trace said we need a distraction rafa says we need a distraction Trace is like, is there an echo in here? And then Echo rolls up. He's like, yes, hello. <laughs> Whoever wrote that line, give them a, a gold star. It was probably Dave. Dave yeah. was like, we need a dad joke in here at some point. <laughs> they end up using the tactical droid to activate all the droids in the plant, which you think that there would be some kind of fail safe that the plant would have so that if they knew there was a tactical droid in there, that wouldn't allow it to reactivate every other droid in this commission decommissioning plant. But there's not. They use the uh, tactical droid to reactivate all these battle droids and super battle droids. And then they are basically able to fight their way out of out of the plant. They use the Martez sister ship, the Silver Angel, to escape. The ship is piloted by R7, which is a Socus droid. So who knows what that could mean? I have mixed feelings about it. I know. <laughs> I feel like ahsoka has been in so much recently. And it makes sense timeline wise for her to show up again. But she's been in Mando recently and in Clone Wars Season 7 and so many other things that I feel like I would like to not see her in something for once. <laughs> uh, she'll be yeah. in this. Like, yeah, absolutely. This one, I'm like, if, I'm if it makes sense, like, it's this one. Yeah, who knows? It was uh, it, the only thing that might 
they might do to like throw it off is R7 was Ahsoka's droid, but was salvaged by Rex and Ahsoka at the end of the final episode of season seven of the Clone Wars. And the droid is under Rex's ship in like parts. So maybe it's Rex's droid now, which would make sense. I mean, we know Rex is probably showing up at some point. So Rexy, good old Rexy boy. Uh, the Marta sisters say why they were trying to recover the droid, that they are trying to recover it for a contact that's fighting against the Empire. Whereas the Bad Batch are like, we're just doing this as a job. We need money. Like, we don't care who has this information. They drop the Bad Batch back off on Ord Mantell. Hunter gives Rafa the data rod containing the intelligence from the tactical droid, saying that he's doing it for the right reason. So you see a little bit of the, we value money, but we also want to help the cause to a degree. <laughs> like, I think BP, yeah. you talked about this when we first were speculating on the show, but it seems more and more that this is going to at some point end up with them tangling with the rebellion or, or becoming more entwined with, with the early days of the rebel Alliance at the end of the episode, Rafa calls someone up on a holocom. Of course they don't show who this person is because we got to keep you suspenseful for the next week or the next couple weeks. Or it's like everybody, like, Fennec Shan talks to somebody. We don't know who it is. We assume it's the Kevin Owens, but could be someone else. Rafa's talking to somebody. Don't know who it is. Assume it's probably, it looked like Bail Organa because the, the person has like a robe and it, it looks like the animated version of Bail Organa. But a lot of people think it could be Rex, which would make sense if Rex is in like a disguise and rocking robes now to hide or something like that. The other kind of thing that would make it a little interesting if it's Rex is that she lets the person know that there's they got the data, but also that they were helped by a group of rogue clones. If anybody knows how to fix clones that might not be having their inhibitor chips work or understands inhibitor chips, it's Rex. I would love to see Rex come yeah, in those, yeah. and kind of be there. I've only, I've only seen people speculating bad guys that she was talking to. I saw a lot of Maul. A lot of Maul. Uh, it does kind of look like Jedi robes, so i speculating wildly. It could be Obi-Wan. I did see one. I can't remember who said this, but someone said Quinlan Voss. That would be sick because he does have that connection to Sid. Oh, man. Nobody talks about Quinlan Voss enough being in episode one of Phantom Menace. <laughs> Quinlan Voss. Just on I, Tatooine. I love Quinlan Voss so much just because of Dark Disciple and the whole Quinlan Voss, Asajj Ventress dynamic. Mm-hmm. Which I'd be interested to see because obviously there's Dark Disciple, the book, and they're not afraid to sort of redo things that are in book format and when they do them in, in a on tv or live action or something like that i'd be curious to see if they sort of redo the whole dark disciple element in like the bad batch or something yeah i would be happy to consume that <laughs> i think it's rex who do you who do you hope it would be if it, you could be anybody who who would you hope it could possibly be rex for me definitely Kind of like a father figure to clones anyway. So <laughs> guiding, guiding Miss, uh, uh, Misfit clones. I would love that. What if he has something. his beard? If he has his beard already? Like, or at least like a little stubble yeah. or like the early days of his, his elder Rex beard. Could it be Cassian Andor? Be interesting. I don't know if timeline wise, if that works out. Cause he said he's been fighting it since he was six years old. Yeah. But I think it's fighting against the Empire, so... I I just hope that it's not a bad guy. Like, I hope they're not selling them out, because that would just send us off on a path I don't want to go on. Same. So I hope it is a good guy, and I 
hope it's Obi-Wan. Because <laughs> I want to see more lightsabers, even though it'd be pretty stupid for him to use a lightsaber trying to hide and all. But hey, here we are. More Daddy Wan Kenobi. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm curious to see. This is the second week in a row we haven't gotten anything with Crosshair, too, which is interesting considering oh, yeah. they kind of painted Crosshair as the big bad of this show. Uh, and even Tarkin. Tarkin has been like MIA and, and Admiral Rampart. Which is funny because Rampart has a Rampart has an action figure and he's been in one episode so far. <laughs> That's classic Star Wars, though. <laughs> like legit classic Star Wars, basically. So this week, the 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 meat of the show, the meat of the program, if you will, is Star Wars comics, and we're going to talk about our favorite comics. We're going to talk about just like a quick history lesson not really history lesson just list off a bunch of comics that are star wars that you guys could reach out or seek out and consume if you haven't and just give you our overall thoughts on comic star wars comics as a whole so let's just start with what got you interested or reading star wars comics and and i know mari isn't a huge comic consumer of the Star Wars variety. So um, if you have anything you want to throw in when we're doing this, just feel feel free to pipe in. So for me, I started reading Star Wars comics during the dark period of Star Wars history where there wasn't a lot going on uh, in terms of movies and shows. So, And what got me initially into comics in general was Jack Kirby's artwork. I love that style, the super bright in-your-face artwork. And if you look at the original Star Wars comic line through Marvel, it's super bright. It's ridiculous. Um, and it's just, it's gorgeous. So that that drew me into it. And it just snowballed from there. What about you, Todd? So I feel like I'm a broken record because I have the same reasons why I get into everything. But for me, I got into comics super, super late. Like, really, 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 really late. But it was anything Bounty Hunters related. So when they announced, I think, the Age of Republic and Age of Resistance... Or Age of Rebellion, Age of Republican, Age of Rebellion comics, the one about Jango Fett and the one about Boba Fett. And I was like, all right, cool. Time to get into comics now because this is a thing. And then we got Bounty Hunters by Ethan Sachs. And I love that because it's more Boba Fett content. We've got the War of the Bounty Hunters now, which is a gigantic. We talked about it on the show multiple times, but this gigantic crossover event with Boba Fett. I've started to go through like the early Marvel canon star wars comics so the 2015 line the main line boba fett pops up in that i've gone through the 2015 vader the first line that i remember like the first run that i i read from uh start to finish i went back and read the darth vader dark lords of the sith by charles soul and that i think was kind of what got me really hooked on comics just because it was such a cool sort of prequel-esque portrayal of vader right after revenge of the sith and and how he kind of got to where he's at and a lot of the a lot of where we see him in uh, a new hope so definitely uh now that you've got apps that have a whole backlog of star wars comics i've just been slowly grinding through as many as i can i signed up for unlimited through comiXology through amazon like two years ago and they have a ton of free comics and they've been pumping star wars into it like crazy here as, as of late it's ridiculous how many different versions of a new hope comic version that i have when it first came out they had like pocket-sized books from like the early 80s i, I probably have four of those and then i have the dark horse versions i have marvel versions just all of the new hopes i have like a shelf of a uh, new hope comics <laughs> 
so yeah, let's let's just get into what there is out there. Uh, so the first thing I'm going to mention to you guys, we're not going to talk about because we're going to do an entire episode about it soonish, maybe. Uh, so the High Republic, it's brand new. Uh, there's a couple. There's a Marvel line. There's a Dark Horse line. If you have not started it yet, I highly recommend it. Um, with a caveat, the caveat being you read this the High Republic novels first. You'll be, I think you'll be less confused if you read the books first. If you don't want to read all the books, just read Charles Soule's Light of the Jedi. That'll clear up any confusion you have going into the comics. So let's hop into the prequel era comics, first and foremost, because I know people have their favorites, and we'll start with prequels. There was a whole series of Age of the Republic uh, comics. So there was Qui-Gon, Darth Maul, Obi-Wan, Jango Fett, Mace Windu, Anakin, Grievous, there was uh, just a regular special, Padme. They're all really good, and I'm pretty sure they're all written by Jody Hauser. I'm pretty confident in that. And uh, in the back of all those comics is a essay written by Bria Lavornia, who is a friend of the show. So definitely check those out. Did you guys read any of those Age of Republic comics? I read all of them. Obviously, I read Django because I'm a sucker for Django. And they did, yeah, so BP's holding up, you can't see, but he's got the Age Republic. So they, they split it up with, I think it was four comics about villains and four comics about heroes. And then the I special, like, the special is funny because there's, I think, a, one about Jar Jar's in the special. <laughs> and it's like Jar Jar's got a lightsaber kind of thing, like another Bombad Jedi scenario. I want to, like I definitely want to read a bunch of them. Um, it's just like, I get stuck in where do I start and like, how do I, how do I get to them? Because that that thing these, you were talking about, BP with Amazon, mm-hmm. like I don't yeah. know what that is, um, but that would probably help me get to a lot of these. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's I can help you s- sign up for that. I think it's five bucks a month, something like that. Oh, um, but yeah. it's super easy and super accessible. Um, so the Age of Republic, you don't have. There's no starting point. So then you can get the graphic novels of these. And they're on unlimited on the Amazon Comixology app. But the, these are great. These are just one-off stories of our favorite characters. The Qui-Gon Gen 1 is it's hilarious to me. He is saving a wood queen on a wood planet from a battle of metal people trying to destroy the metal, the wood planet. But the whole <laughs> thing is for Qui-Gon, for us to learn that Qui-Gon thinks that the Jedi Council are a bunch of quacks. And he knows the force or he knows that there's both sides of the force kind of deal. Um, but I'll just show you guys this. This page is absolutely bananas. He's having a dark side vision. He's just being attacked by like the force, essentially. It's crazy. But I I personally prefer the dark side of the villains, Age of Public villains over the Age of Public heroes in terms of story and artwork. And then the Mace Windu one is written by um, Ethan Sachs. So good dude friend of the show and we can't not f- talk about the darth maul run uh the son of dathomir which is a four issue run dark horse series uh that's got the iconic darth maul cover in my opinion i need it and then the darth maul five comic run i was not a fan of i didn't that like the artwork sad. the 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 comic cover and the artwork were completely different and they did the exact same thing with the mace windu series in my opinion this one was interesting because it was before he like officially reveals himself to the Jedi in Phantom Menace when he fights Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and dies, but doesn't really die because he's so angry. 
but he's basically yeah. like on a vendetta to like just kill and just like hunt down like whatever he can yeah. and he's got his like blood rage it's an interesting like you obviously get a like a, a good glimpse of the Darth Maul that we see in Phantom Menace where he's just like anger driven and he wants to reveal him. So he's really big about revealing himself. I mean, that's, that's how you end up on a list. Oh, yeah. He's drama, baby. He's all about that drama. He is the biggest drama <laughs> King and I love him. It's great. At the end of that comic, at the end of that run, he, he does spoiler. He kills a random Padawan and city of his like Sidious is like, do you feel better? Did, did you get what you liked? And Maul's like, no, you were right. <laughs> kind of like such a weird ending, but it was it's funny. So let's hop into the original trilogy era, and that goes from starts essentially with Kanan, which I can't not see and not think Canon or uh Kanan. <laughs> um it's it's it, listen, it's a great series. It's only twelve issues. If you haven't read it, do that first, in my opinion. It's so good. I got the omnibus at and Ollie's for five bucks. Hmm. Amazing. Hardcover. It's beautiful. Mark Brooks did all the covers. If you don't know who Mark's, Mark Brooks is, he is a phenomenal world-class comic book co- cover artist. He did all the covers for it. The story is great. Although there is a little bit of issue now with recent events and the Bad Batch changing a bit of the story in Canaan. Not enough to bother me, but it bothers some other folks. Uh, again, up next, Darth Vader, Darth Lords of the Sith. It was a 25-issue run by Charles Soule. I believe this is Darth Vader Volume 2. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, Volume 2. There's also an Age of the Rebellion Darth Vader. I've read it. I have no memory of it, though. So maybe that, maybe it's not that great. <laughs> I have a ton of Darth Vader comic books, like hardcover like trades that um, mm-hmm. somebody gave me. But some of them are still wrapped in plastic. I just haven't cracked them open because I think I was telling Todd before we actually started the show. Like I have them, but I've just I've never sat down and just read them because it's like bits and pieces. And I there's so many Darth Vader comics. (laughs) There's three runs now, I think. (laughs) I uh, we'll get to my absolute favorite Star Wars comic here shortly, which is a Vader run. Also, you guys can't see her, but Mari has given off some hard Sith vibes tonight. (laughs) She's got red hair she's got super sharp red nails wearing a black shirt like she could legit kill somebody with the force right now <laughs> it's darth mari it is it's darth mari for sure she came hot tonight came in hot <laughs> all right back back to what we were doing. <laughs> uh jedi fallen order dark temple five issue run i read two issues of this and i couldn't finish it it was not for me I, it did nothing for me i don't know if you read it todd I read it. I only read it because I wanted to like the backstory on Jedi Fallen Order. And that's basically all this does is it explains sort of the, where we see the story, not with um, the main characters in the story, but sort of the, the backstory behind like the Zepho and, and some of the more forcey elements that you see in Jedi Fallen Order. It was okay. It wasn't anything that I, I was like, would go back and read. But if you're a big Jedi Fallen Order fan and you haven't read this yet, I would definitely check it out because it does give some cool backstory on the Zepho and and sort of where you see Jedi Fallen Order go. Next is the Han Solo five issue run of the Han Solo Imperial Cadet. I'm sorry, not the Han Solo run because there is a second one. We'll get to that shortly. But the Han Solo Imperial Cadet. I slept on this one. I didn't read it right away. Um 
and I read it about a year or so ago, and I think I've read it twice since, um, just because I I enjoyed it that much. Uh, classic Han Solo stuff, early Solo stuff, which is a lot of fun. Then we have the Lando Double or Nothing. I read this series. Nothing sticks out in my brain from reading it. So I don't know if you read it, Todd. I didn't read the Double or Nothing one, but these came out around the same time that Solo came out because I think the Lando Double or Nothing mm-hmm. is the Charles Gambino Donald Glover version of Lando. <laughs> and then the Han Solo Imperial Cadet is the Alden Ehrenreich version of Han. So I liked Imperial Cadet. I don't think I've given uh, Double or Nothing a, a read yet, though. I'm like slowly working through all of these because there's a lot of yeah. original trilogy. It seems that's what the entire bulk of the comics that have come out have focused on is the original trilogy era. Yeah. Um, which makes sense. Uh, then the Thrawn six issue series. It's, it's good. I, I enjoyed the Thrawn series. It shows him with his rock star eighties vibe too, at the beginning with his long hair and his ripped up clothes. <laughs> and it just like, it's basically an adapt- adaptation of the book. So if you enjoyed Thrawn, you'll, you'll love the comic. If you haven't read it, um, the Rogue One Cassian and K2SO special, number one. It was a one-off. It's okay. I didn't write home to my mom about it. It's more Rogue One. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Vader Dark Visions, a five-issue run. If you want some weird-ass Star Wars stuff, this is for you. It's bizarre. <laughs> this is really weird, Star Wars. Like, uncomfortably weird Star Wars. Oh, now yeah. I want to read it. <laughs> That sounds right uh, up is my this alley, the one? Is this the one where he essentially has a fangirl? Yeah. Uh, my, oh yeah, okay, I need so. I need to read this one. This, this one's it caused a lot of like controversy. I remember seeing it online because it's so spoilers for this. Mario, are you okay with us talking? It's, yeah, it's fine because I probably okay. won't get to it. <laughs> so basically, this one is there's a, a, a imperial officer, a female imperial officer that is obsessed with vader and she has like fantasies about marrying vader and like being with vader and she it's it's like kind of creepy like stockholm syndrome uh ish and then at the end she like walks in on vader and he's like got his helmet off and he's like in his chambers and everything she's like my lord i've come for you and he just like straight up kills her just like snaps her neck and then calls her trash and it was it was got a lot of backlash over just like how it was handled. The fuck? Yeah, I need to read this. Yeah, I, it's <laughs> like she's like, don't put. She's like, you have to put the helmet on my account or something like that, and then kills her. <laughs> yeah, he literally steps over and says, "Take out the trash." <laughs> wow. It's yeah. It's I mean, it's, it was it's shocking. The, it's the dark version of Vader that you would imagine. But it's it was a weird, and there's a ton of other like weird, like all of these. I feel like I don't, if I'm remembering correctly, they're not exactly like one like they don't follow into each other. They're sort of one off no, stories. Yeah. But they're all just kind of weird stories. If I remember correctly, Vader Dark Visions number one has that epic cover of Vader on a horse like thing with a shield and a, his saber. It's an epic cover. It's, it's like, black and red. It's it's killer. It's like a night version of Darth Vader. Yeah, yo, yeah, it's so good. Um, and then there's another Age of the Rebellion, which is just Grand Moff Tarkin. And the Grand Moff Tarkin book, the novel, I love. It's in probably in my top five, top eight novels of Star Wars. And this one's great. If I remember, I, I've read, I read so many Star Wars comics, it's hard to keep them all together. But if I'm remembering correctly, 
there's an officer challenging Tarkin, and Tarkin essentially takes off his shirt, and he's ripped and covered in scars, and just like fights him. <laughs> I was I was shocked at how yoked Tarkin was because you think of Tarkin, you think of Peter Cushing, an, who's old an, an older yeah. gentleman. And then you see yeah. in the comic Tarkin take his shirt off and he's just jacked, like jacked. cut. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a little, I was like, oh, okay. Okay. Tarkin works out. Tarkin, Tarkin <laughs> yeah. lifts. <laughs> he gets his steps in. <laughs> uh, and then there's a princess Leia five issue run. Um, I don't have a lot to say about this run. Cause it, it didn't really do anything for me personally, or push a story in any direction. It was just kind of there. Uh, and then there's Age of the Rebellion of Han Solo. And then there's a... You, you want to talk about a, a story, an issue, a run that did nothing for me. The Chewbacca five-issue run. I, I can't give you a single bit of information about it. I, I read it when it came out. No knowledge. No memory. I don't know if any of you guys looked at it at all. <laughs> it's, on, it's on my list, but it's... these like The single character five-issue ones, I feel like, are are harder for me to kind of just dive into because it's they're a single storyline. There's one, the Lando one, which we'll talk about that I enjoyed. Um, but a lot of the like just solo character, unless it's Boba Fett or Django Fett, like I'll read a five issue Boba Fett run because I'm a yeah. have a fetish. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of speaking of your fetish, there's an Age of the Rebellion Boba Fett one shot too. Um there's also an Age of the Rebellion Job of the Hut. If you need more Jabba in your life. Can we talk about how Jabba is getting a whole bunch of one-offs? Because there's a War of the Bounty Hunters Jabba, Jabba the Hut too. Like that, it mm-hmm. seems like they're always like Jabba needs a one-off. We need more more Slug Daddy. Slug Daddy. <laughs> uh, Jabba. And then there's a five-issue Han Solo run, which again, it, this one is completely drawn by Mark Brooks, which I'm a big Mark Brooks fan, so I love this. This is essentially, he gets it's like a Fast and the Furious scenario. He has to win a race <laughs> to get to his next objective. It's great. <laughs> um, then there's another Lando run. Like, same thing as the Princess Leia. Didn't do anything for me. I did like this Lando run only because it explains Lobot. And like why we see yes. Lobot. It's basically like a he has no free will kind of aspect in empire strikes back so that i appreciate it and you get a little more emotional attachment to lobot because he basically Mm -hmm. sacrifices his free will and his brain to save lando and it sort of turns lando from this uh fast and loose guy to uh a little more like wow there's actually consequences and then we get into the meat of Star Wars comics, the 2015 Star Wars line. So this brought back Star Wars comics. I I remember I went to a a launch party for this and won an inflatable RC R two D two. An inflatable RC R two D two. Yep. Yep. So yeah, I'm gonna need it to blows see that up. at some point. It's about three and a half feet tall, um, but the the wheels sound like an ungreased steamroller <laughs> so you hear it coming down like a hall it's it's brutal and it takes like 45 minutes to blow up <laughs> Jeez. um but the star wars 2015 line there's it's awesome there's 75 issues there's a couple issues that stick out in my like literal issues problems if you will they got into this weird habit of using photoshopped images of actual actors actresses faces into the characters into the drawings 
and it was noticeable. It was bad. Um, and I think it ended the line because people got tired of seeing it. It was bizarre. It didn't stay stuck out really oddly. But that being said, there was a lot of really cool stuff that came out of it, like how Darth Vader learned Luke Skywalker's name, which was from Boba Fett, which was really cool because Luke fights Boba Fett blind with a Jedi temple guard lightsaber, if I remember that right. No, it's his own. It's the Kenobi because it's because oh, I just yeah. read it because <laughs> I because yeah. I'm reading this line right now. <laughs> so it's he's in Kenobi's hut in in Ben's hut on Tatooine, and Jabba sets this or not Jabba Boba sets this uh, trap basically and blinds Luke. He's like, "All right, you're coming with me now. Like I'm going to take you to Vader." And Luke's like, "No, no, no. It's cool. I don't need the Force," which is kind of a fun because this takes place right after A New Hope, so it's a mm-hmm. fun nod to the whole blast shield like. How am I supposed to see anything with this? So he basically has to trust the force. And this is right after they, he blew up the death star. So he has had no Yoda training, no real knowledge of the force. He's just kind of learning on the, on the fly. So he, he fends off Boba Fett blind in a, uh, in, in Kenobi's hut and then finds, uh, Obi-Wan's journal, which I think the more that that journals come up, because I feel like it's come up in a couple different, uh, issue like a couple different comics and i wonder i'm curious if they're going to pull from any of that for uh the kenobi show because there are a couple um scenarios that could be used as inspiration for stuff in the show what issue are you on in this line right now oh i'm in uh, vader down so i'm still pretty early in it but we can we can talk all that so episode episode issue seven is all about obi-wan it's essentially mythos Obi-Wan is what we get, and it's killer. He he ends up fighting Jabba's goons for pissing with people. <laughs> so Obi-Wan just goes ham on him. And actually have – I remember the cover of that one is drawn by Tony Moore, who was the original Walking Dead artist. So I have that issue signed, and I have the 11 by 17 signed by Tony Moore because I love it that much. <laughs> I remember seeing that one, and it's really interesting how – you sort of get an idea of Kenobi at the time, like right as mm-hmm. he's, he's in his self-imposed exile and he can't use his lightsaber. So he's like, and he can't really use the force. So he's sort of like, uh, like I, I, I don't want to get involved. I don't want to draw attention, but also like maybe I'm still will help out here and there. So I feel like that dynamic is what we're going to see a lot in the Kenobi show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think you're a hundred percent correct, sir. Um, we could talk about the star Wars main line from 2015 for, probably hours so we'll just move on to the next thing which is my personal favorite all-time favorite star wars comic run which is the darth vader 2015 volume one run it's so good i've read it five times all the way through i love it so much there is the most iconic star wars panel in history in this book where vader gets shot down by rebels he's on a planet he's surrounded by hundreds of rebels and they say give up vader you're surrounded Invader says the only thing I'm surrounded by are dead men and kills every single one of them. And it is incredible. <laughs> That's amazing. It's such a cool. Well, and the fun thing about this is like the Star Wars main line from 2015, the Vader line, and then eventually the Afro line, because Afro's introduced in Darth Vader number three. But all of these sort of bounce off of each other. So mm-hmm. the Target Vader that I'm reading right now, it had a single one-off like issue it was vader down number one was the issue that sort of kicked off the vader down arc and Mm -hmm. it uh bounces between the star wars main line and the darth vader line 
And it's funny because this whole arc is in the Afro audiobook too. I think they changed it a little bit, but mm-hmm. so this is like rereading it now and actually seeing like the art aspect of it is such a cool thing to experience because you get so many fun characters from from Afra that are in, introduced in in the Darth Vader line, like Triple Zero and BT. Triple Zero is C three PO, but tortures people, and BT yeah, is R two. BT is R two, yeah, mur- the murder version, and BT is R two with as many guns as you could possibly cram into a droid. <laughs> That's and, amazing. And then add ten more. <laughs> like there's a, there's a scene where BT is fighting R two, and R two comes up with his little like shock prod, and BT pulls like. 40 guns out and just like and you see like r2 like flying across the the panel as bt is shooting at him and it's it's so good if you've if you've read the afro audiobook you'll see a lot of this in the comics or if you listen to the afro audiobook but seeing it is so makes it so much more worth it yeah speaking of afro the dr afro line from 2016 uh 40 issue run it's so good. I think I've read through this one four or five times too. Um, all of Dr. Afra's are on the Comixology app or the Unlimited app through Amazon, whatever, however you do it. Afra's a lot of fun. Uh, Tolson, she's awesome. The the murder droids. Uh, the things that she gets into with Vader is so much fun. Like, it, this is like, I keep saying fun, Do- Dr. Afra is just a fun comic. Uh, it's got Star Wars. It's got comedy. It's got murder. <laughs> I love I love Triple Zero so much, just because he's he's funny because he's like, oh hello, Master. It's so good to see you. Are we going to be murdering today? Like, imagine the three PO protocol element, but sadistic and like, oh boy, I get to go torture today. <laughs> Shall I drain anyone's blood? Yeah, he's 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 oh he's he's fantastic. I want more. I I would die if we get. If we get Afra, Triple Zero, and BT, and Black Chrysanthemum, who is basically Chewbacca, but oh. a, a black Wookiee bounty hunter that like enjoys He's just awesome. ripping people's arms off, it's if, if they ever show up in anything from animation to Book of Boba Fett to any of the other possible shows they could pop up in, I will be so excited because they're they're some of my favorite characters that I've just come across, and they need a, a bigger audience to see them if the the wookie on the book of boba fett crew patch ends up being him it's going to be so awesome there's a early in the 2015 star wars mainline there is a cover with black harrison and chewbacca fighting on it and it's like um landscape cover it's mm-hmm. so cool they their fight is pretty gnarly in the book too so I hope that that happens in live action at some point. That'd be killer. Uh, then we get the Screaming Citadel number one. It's a one shot, and it is Dr. Afra and Luke. And it's just some hijinks with Dr. Afra because everything is with her. No no plan is simple. Um, <laughs> she's essentially trying to sell a Jedi to this cult, essentially. Um, goes poorly, <laughs> as most Dr. Afra missions do. Then it works out in the end-ish. Uh, Storms of Crate number one, all-time great Star Wars cover. It's got Luke, Leia inside a crate trench. If it, it's worth a Google, in fact, Mari, Google the Storms of Crate number one cover. You're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. I was it. literally about to say, like, 
it sounds like I need to get this. <laughs> I will say, I know BP talked about Comicsologies Unlimited. I have the Marvel Unlimited, and that one might help too. So one thing I put in the show notes is all of these are in the technical, like chronological order. So if you're curious, <laughs> that'll help if you if you want somewhere to start. But uh, and if anybody's listening wants a chronological order, hit us up and we'll we'll help you out there. But yeah, we got a list. It's, it's uh, I, Marvel Unlimited has some good reading guides too of of where to start and sort of oh wow the, how things overlap and all that jazz. That's amazing. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna run through a couple titles pretty quickly because I want to get to the War of the Bounty Hunters. Um, so then there's the Age of the Rebellion, Lando Calrissian. There's a Target Vader, which is a six-issue run. Empire Ascendant was a one-shot. Age of the Rebellion Special was a one-shot. And then we started all over with Star Wars The Mainline again in 2020. Star Wars number one. <laughs> and then a, and then guess what? Darth Vader number one. <laughs> so we got three Vader number ones in a span of five years, um, which confused a lot of people. And people who wanted to start reading didn't know where to start because there was three Darth Vader number ones. And then a Dr. Aphra number one. So we started that over again. I still don't know the reasoning behind the Affer one, but here we are. And then we get Bounty Hunters. Again, Ethan Sachs, good good dude. And then we are finally to the War of the Bounty Hunters. I'm going to skip ahead for a second, and we're going to come back to this. Age of the Bellion, <laughs> Luke. Age of the Bellion, Princess Leia. And then TIE Fighter. Oh, fi- TIE Fighter, five-issue run. If you have not read Alphabet Squadron novel, read TIE Fighter first, the comic run. If you don't read it, don't worry, because if you get the hardcover version of Alphabet Squadron 1, issue number 1 is in the center of the novel, which is really cool. Because you're just like reading a book, and then suddenly there's a comic book in the middle. So it's really neat. Um, but the TIE Fighter Squadron from Alphabet Squadron? Assholes. But great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Back to the War of the Bounty Hunters. And holy Christmas in July, if you don't want to know what happened, please tune out now for the next uh, five to six minutes. So Boba Fett got Han and Carbonite. He is Boba Fett. So everyone knows Boba Fett has Han. He has some issues because Han's starting to fall. The Carbonite's falling quick too quick. So he goes to a back alley doctor to help fix it. He does. People find out. (laughs) So it gets stolen. Someone steals Han Solo from Boba Fett. Boba Fett not pleased. There's a really cool scene where he fights in in a, a gladiator pit. And he, they spray him with nano spray paint, which is the most ridiculous thing ever. But he sprays himself entirely black, so nobody knows it's Boba Fett. He ends up killing like this all-time great gladiator on this shithole planet. But the big thing, at the end of the freaking issue, who steals Han, Solo, and Carbonite? Mario, do you know who it is? No. <laughs> you had to guess? If you had to guess. If you had to you guess one character. Han. Is it Greedo? Han from Boba Fett. No. Oh wait, no, it wouldn't be Greedo. Uh, it wouldn't be Greedo. I'm an idiot. Yeah, I have no idea. Kira. From oh Solo. shit. Okay. <laughs> it's exactly what we said. <laughs> I could not believe it. Uh, I I I think I read that final page like six times. I'm like, oh my god. That's Kira. I reread the whole con- I re reread this whole issue number one like five times. After that, I was like, I need this. Mo- I need more. I need it. I need it. I don't want this moment to end. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Obviously, it's... that's huge. But that also means that Crimson Dawn is back in our lives. Which who runs Crimson Dawn? Darth Maul. Or oh, sorry, Maul. Well, wouldn't Maul be gone so by this more... point though? Eh, you never know. He's a Renaissance man. 
<laughs> Kenobi might have killed him in Rebels, but I'm he's back again. Never counting Maul out. Never counting Maul out. <laughs> I think he's gone. Pow, Don't he's underestimate back. my mans. <laughs> this is so um, cool, though. What a way to start. You know, like they've obviously hyped this up for a while, and it, it's here. And it, I never in a million years expected to see Kira. Well, and the fact that so War of the Bounty Hunters takes place post Empire Strikes Back. So that means that Kira, from when we see her in Solo to post Empire Strikes Back, is around doing who knows what. Yeah. So now there's a whole new thing that they can fill in. What's Kira been up to? What's Han Solo been up to? And does this open the door to more Solo content or more Solo sequel content? So we find out more about what Kira's been doing for who knows how long and and maybe more young Han stories and whether they do this in comics or anime, like a TV show or live action, but maybe this is their way to tease in that we're getting more solo content. I would not be surprised at all if we got a Kira like five run series. That'd be, that'd be really cool. So yeah, we could probably talk about war of the bounty hunters. In fact, you know what we could do is when we get to the end of the war of the bounty hunters, we could do a whole episode on that entire run because I have a feeling it's going to be all encompassing of the whole thing. (laughs) And it, well, and it also, it, it's, the Star Wars main line has War of the Bounty Hunters content. Darth Vader, the new Darth Vader line has War of the Bounty Hunters content. Dr. Afra has War of the Bounty Hunters content. The Bounty Hunters line has War of the Bounty Hunters content. It's like a whole, I think at the end of the day, it's 30 issues that basically all tie into each other with the, the main War of the Bounty Hunters run as well. So it's a lot. It's it's funny because you have all these people trying to get Hansel. You've got the rebellion trying to get Hansel with with uh, Luke and Leia trying to track him down. You've got the bounty hunter, Valence and Dengar and all those guys trying to track down Han. It's funny because in, in War of the Bounty Hunters number one, Boba is attacked by Forlom and Zuckus, and he basically like Spartan kicks Zuckus off a off a building and cuts Forlom's head off. That- do you think that they're dead? No. Because the droid can be reassembled. Not a chance. Forlom's still around and Zuckus is probably going to pop up again. Because, well, in, in one of the, the tw- Star Wars 2015 line, they, like, Chewbacca yeets Dengar off a building and, like, blows him up. And clearly he's still around, so. Yeah, he was in uh, Rise of Skywalker, right? Maybe. Yeah, there's yeah speculation that he's... I think, yeah. yeah, you see the guy that's like over and enhanced himself. Yeah, more more so a robot now than anything. Exactly. So, yeah, we'll, let's, yeah, we'll do an episode based off the War of the Bounty Hunters because it is a massive project that deserves more than a couple minutes of talking about. So, let's hop into the sequel trilogy of comics that are out and about. Shattered Empire, highly recommend. Um, particularly if you're a Poe Dameron fan, he's not in it, but his parents are. So his mom, awesome pilot. His dad, badass commando. They did something in this in this series, this four issue run that I don't think was ever paid off anywhere. So in this story, is it Shay? Is that his mom's name? Shay? I remember that. I think so. She helps Luke on a mission, and the mission is essentially to recover force sensitive tree saplings. Star Wars. There's two. Luke gives one to a temple, I think. I could be wrong. It's been a while. But he gives one, a force-sensitive tree, to the <coughs> Damerans. So at the time, I assumed that meant that Poe was going to be force-sensitive. Or at least that's why he was able to take all those Gs and um, the Last Jedi when he's attacking the Dreadnought by himself. And like he can do pretty much anything in a, in a 
a cockpit, I had assumed he was force sensitive because of that tree, but it was never yeah. paid off. He's just built different. He's he's about he, <laughs> I'm built similar. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Shattered Empire is very good. It it takes it starts at the beginning. Uh, they're on Endor. They're celebrating the Empire ending that didn't end. Uh, it goes on. It's it's really good. The artwork is killer too. Big fan of Shattered Empire. And then up next is the Rise of Kylo Ren, the four issue run. I gotta tell you, I this did nothing for me. The the Kylo Run issues. The only thing I can remember from it is sick hat Snoke <laughs> on his uh, plant planet. That's all I can remember. Yeah. This this was really popular. Like this one went to like six different reprintings or like this one. They could yeah. not keep this on on shelves. It was super popular, which it's also the only real Kylo Ren content that we've gotten outside of the movies. So I'm, yeah. I'm not shocked that this sold well. It, it does. It, it brings up some interesting stuff, explains like the whole how Kylo Ren became master of the Knights of Ren and it explains like who Ren is and all that jazz. So technically the first appearance of avar chris mm-hmm. she's a uh holocron vision or uh hol- hollow something hologram there there's the word words <laughs> um and then we get into a whole nother run of age of the resistance i'm sorry this is the age of the resistance not age of the republic so age of the resistance we got some supreme leader snoke there's a captain phasma a poe dameron a general hux a kylo ren a Rose Tico. They're all okay. I mean, I don't have any of them in my possession. <laughs> so if that tells you anything you want to, you need to know. Uh, the next one is, I think required reading for Star Wars fans. C3PO number one. <laughs> it's a one issue run. And why, why do I say that? It explains why C3PO had a red arm in the force awakens. And it is so fucking sad <laughs> it's so sad <laughs> it just it, it humanizes a whole gaggle of droids and it just they it just one by one die <laughs> slowly <laughs> and c-3po gets a red arm from a red vertical droid because they've all died and he uses his arm I feel like this is a this is probably one of the most George comics ever because George's favorite Clone Wars episode is the one with all the droids. So I feel like they were like, this is a tribute to George. Uh, yeah. So check out C-3PO number one. It's got a great cover, too. Um, and then my second favorite Star Wars comic series ever, the Poe Dameron series. 31 issue run. It's where I got the name Black Squadron. It's great artwork by Phil Noto. It's written by Charles Soule. Charles Soule's a Star Wars legend at this point. Some really weird shit, like Star Wars shit in it. Um, like a cultist, a cult group of cults, they're guarding a giant egg. that They don't know what's inside of it. And then when it hatches, it's like a giant dragon man that ends up hating them. <laughs> but then a bigger <laughs> dragon thing comes out of nowhere to fight the other dragon thing. And Poe's just kind of like, what's happening? <laughs> but the artwork's killer. It's great. I was so bummed when it end, ended at 31 issues that, uh, yeah. But I do have a volume one graphic novel soft cover that I would love to give away to somebody. So maybe we'll do a giveaway here soon for that. And then to round it all out, Age Resistance Special, Age Resistance Fen. These all have great covers, by the way, like just single character covers. The Captain Phasma four issue run. I have no memory of 
I've read it. I have, I don't remember anything from it. I'm in the same boat. I don't know if you guys read it or not, but yeah, I can't remember anything from this one. Rings no bells. Um, then Age of Resistance Ray, DJ Most Wanted number one is legitimately the only Star Wars comic I have not read. I think <laughs> I've never even seen it like in person. I, I I'm sure it's great. Oh well. Uh, Galaxy's Edge <laughs> five issue run is really good. Um, another Ethan Sachs project. If you have not read this, go do that. It's so good. These the Scar Squadron, I think they're called, which is essentially the Bad Batch. If you look at what they look like, if you Google Scar Squadron, they look like Wrecker. They look like Hunter. Like it's crazy. They're the inspiration for the Bad Batch. Yeah, and then uh, Star Wars Allegiance, maybe the greatest Star Wars comics covers ever. There are four issues. They're connecting covers. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable artwork unbelievable so yeah that's a quick overview of star wars comics and that was in canonical order right todd (laughs) yeah basically i mean i broke everything out so it's the prequel the high republic era the prequel era the original trilogy the sequel trilogy like i said there are some that overlap with each other like you'll get like four i think it's four issues of star wars the main line from 2015 and then the next thing to, in order for the story to make sense, you would read four issues from Darth Vader, the 2015 line. And then you would read the next four from star Wars and then the next four from Vader. So there's some overlap and sort of figuring all that out can be a, a bit of a challenge, but there's a lot of great resources online to figure out the proper reading order. If you want the whole story, if you just want to grind through and read all 75 issues of the star Wars mainline, you can do that. There might be some stuff that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You might be a little lost on some stuff. You'd be like, wait a minute, they were just on this planet and now they're halfway across the galaxy. What's going on here? So that's what that's sort of how I've been approaching everything is because I'm a big I got to read things in chronological order for whatever reason. That's how I stuff makes sense for me. So mm-hmm. it's You've seen uh, me get confused numerous times just tonight because I've watched stuff <laughs> so far out of order. So, yeah, I'm a chronological person now. Like, anytime I start something new for Star Wars, I'm like, it has to be chronological because I've been confused all friggin' night. Well, and (laughs) Star Wars is so good at putting things out chronologically, considering the first movie that came out is number four (laughs) in the chronological order. (laughs) But if you guys have questions or you want to get into Star Wars comics, feel free to shoot shoot us a DM. Um, I'm not an expert by any means but i do have a i i know i've read a lot of comics <laughs> so i'm happy to help as much as i can or and or check out star wars splash page podcast they're on twitter and obviously every other podcast platform um they know their stuff they've been in the game a long time um good dudes i made their logos what's up mm-hmm. <laughs> um so yeah that'll do it for our comic chat but before we go, if you guys remember correctly, Todd and Mari, we have a massive giveaway with Skyward Fun Supply. I, I wish and I won it. We had a a absurd a number of entries. I can't thank you guys enough for listening and following us and just interacting with us since we put this 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 giveaway together. And massive thank you to Jeremy at Skyward Fun Supply. This was his idea. He is putting he put everything up for us he's shipping he's just he's a great dude um skywardfundsupply.com bsp10 save 10 percent uh the winner of the massive skyward fund supply giveaway which is the luke hoff pilot black series and the snow speeder black series is eric stroud eric please send us a dm with your address 
as soon as you hear this. Um, if you're hearing this and you didn't win, please don't reach out to Eric. We want him to hear it, not be told about it. <laughs> um, we also had a second giveaway, which was we asked you guys to leave us a review on whatever platform you listen to us on. And we did get quite a few of those as well. So thank you so much. That helps us a lot on the back end of things. And the winner of that is Padre Willie, a.k.a. Luke. So Luke, shoot us a DM, brother. We'll get you that Kenobi book. If you guys want to keep talking to us about Star Wars comics, Star Wars shows, Mari's hair, anything, <laughs> follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Discord, TikTok. We're everywhere. Uh, Black Squadron Podcast. Search for us. You'll find us. Um, we're, we're everywhere. I'm going to start posting um, Star Wars thirst traps on TikTok. Uh, yeah, Todd and I are this close of just helmets and nothing else on TikTok. <laughs> Let me know uh, how I can help. Then, yeah. <laughs> uh, Darth Mari got us banned from um, and then keep an eye out for um, go to our Twitch Black Squadron Podcast Twitch we are going to start doing live unboxings and just chats on Twitch and just hang out with you guys um, so give us a follow there keep an eye out and remember the force will be with you always always